Kelly here with Smith Sisters Bluegrass, and you're listening to the David Bowers Awards. And now, around the world and around the corner, it's the David Bowers Awards, bringing the best in indie music to millions of listeners worldwide with your host, the David Bowers. We've got a fantastic lineup of guests, our entire crew here at the Asylum, and me, I'm John Bon Jovial. And now, here's the voice of indie music, the David Bowers. Thank you once again, the legendary John Bon Jovial, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, and thank you for joining us. we got some great music for you today, including an opening track special. This is a world premiere. It won't be released for a few days now. We're getting to play it ahead of time. We want to share it with you. The Smith Sisters Bluegrass and Sunday Drivers with a special appearance by Mr. Pat Hammond. They have a new release. It's a remake of a song the Smith Sisters did some time ago and actually did on our show here on the David Bowers Awards. I'm going to give you a listen to the brand new version they've got coming out, and we'll talk about it right after you listen to Elvis on the Jukebox. Elvis on the Jukebox, no one else around. We walked in and sat down. The place was empty. No one in town. It was cold out, snow on the ground. My brother's birthday, we gathered around. Elvis on the jukebox, no one else around. Sit at the counter, two girls were there. Got a pizza, three large bears. Out of the jukebox, hound dog the rose. Was the king there, and doors are closed. Elvis on the jukebox, no one else around I never would have dreamt it, no doubt about it, it's true The king of rock and roll was playing on the jukebox The whole night through The room was quiet, went on the cane On the jukebox, no one to blame we looked around, but no one there. Out of the silence, trumping air. Elvis on the jukebox, no one else around. Hit it, boys. Rock and roll was playing on the jukebox the whole night through. And they told us a little more to the story we knew before. You see, this happened once or twice on the jukebox only at night. Elvis on the jukebox, no one else around. Elvis on the jukebox, no one else around. It was Elvis on the jukebox, no one else around. Oh, 
Yeah, I mean, I can almost see it now. You know, the blue suede shoes, the poodle skirt swirling around. Yeah, that's Elvis on the jukebox, the Smith sisters, and the Sunday drivers, with a special appearance from Mr. Pat Hammond. He did a fine job. And uh, the story, in case you missed it when the girls were on the show, is uh, their brother's birthday. They went to a pizza joint to celebrate. The place was in the process of closing when they got there. They, they, they were the only ones there. And suddenly, the jukebox came on playing Elvis music over and over while the brother was opening his presents, one of which included a gas station attendant's shirt with the name Elvis on it. Now, Kelly wrote the song about 10 years after that, and the tune came from came to her on January 8th, which is Elvis's birthday. An amazing story. Maybe some some extra power working in there somewhere. I don't know. It's uh, definitely something to think about, wouldn't you say, John Bob Jovial? Yeah, you know, I heard the other day also that uh, Elvis was spotted at uh, In and Out Burger in L.A. and he was having a uh, bacon cheeseburger. So <laughs> I've heard the rumors that he's around, so it must be true. Yeah, it does make you wonder, doesn't it? Hey, we thank the girls, the Smith sisters for having us, allowing us to preview this song before it's released either online or anywhere else and share it with you, our listeners. Hope you liked it. Feel free to send us your comments, and it does. It just, don't you think so, John? It just throws you back to an earlier era with the uh, buck shoes and poodle skirts and uh, the music of the time. I mean, the good old days, the oh, really it, good old it, days. It, it's just... Yeah, it does. It's got a little mixture of doo-wop in there, which is great. It has some rockabilly in it, which is great. Touch and of Texas swing harmonies and a touch of Texas swing. A touch of Texas swing, absolutely. And of course, the girls' harmonies. It's it's a complete package. I do remember this song from the last time that we played it on the show, and I thought it was good, but. I'm telling you, this new cover, this new remake, uh, just blows the original out of the water. This is so good, and I've got to commend them. They, these, these Smith sisters, uh, we've had them on a few times, and they're just great. They're fun to have them on the show, too. We're going to have to have them back again. Smith sisters, Bluegrass, and Sunday Drivers. Check them out, folks. And that song will be available February 16th. So if you're hearing this before February 16th, 2023, you just got a little bit longer to hang on before you can get the song yourself, okay? Great. Thank you so much, and thank you, girls, for sharing with us. We enjoyed being able to preview it. want to say hello to our friends back at Rochester Free Radio who uh, have just moved into a new studio. I don't know if they're back up and running yet or not, but uh, you keep listening. I know you can hear them online at rochesterfreeradio.org. And uh, Steve Litvak, for example, has a rock and roll rumble show, which follows the David Bowers Awards on Rochester Free Radio Saturday. And then after Steve is Armand Spins, WRFZ FM 106.3 in Rochester, New York, better known as Rochester Free Radio, our flagship radio station, FM radio in upstate New York. So we're going to go to our first guest. She goes by the name of Taria Jebri. I have a hunch we can get her to explain that name. But right now, here she is with Greater Is He. Sitting 
shines bright like a star. Yeah. And when you're down, he will uplift you. When you're lost, he will come find you. His love will prevail. So Gospel and pop singer and recording artist, Taria Jebray, and she's here to talk with us now. Hello. Hello. How are you all? Doing well, thank you, and I hope you are, too. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your music with us. Great sound we just heard there, and definitely want to talk about your music. But first, if you would, please, I would like to ask you a somewhat personal question and tell us 
where the name Taria J. Bray came from. My name, um, Taria J. Bray, it's my first and middle name, but I, I use it as my stage name. So all the women in my family have names that begin with T's. And so my grandmother, her name is Teresa, and my great aunt's name is Maria. And so my mom took the two names and she combined the two, and that's how she got Taria. And then my middle name is a combination of um, my three uncles. It's a combination of their names. Their names, um, my uncle, one of my uncle's names is Jonathan. Um, the other one's Raydell. And my uncle Russell, his middle name is Bernard. And so my, my mom took the three the three names and she kind of chopped it up a little bit and combined the letters until she came up with something she liked. And there came Jabri, and then uh, I decided when I got old enough to to choose <laughs> to choose a name to go by, um, I decided to keep my my stage name as Taria Jabri. I knew there had to be a story there. What a great and original combination, don't you think, John Bon Jovial? Oh, it is. Who knows to your mom? That is so cool, oh, yeah. so creative. My mom uh, gets a lot of credit for a lot of the names in our family. My mom was able to. She, a lot of us girls got our names from my mom. It's just me and my sister, um, the two girls, but then a lot of my first cousins, they got their names from my mom as well because she's just really good with names. So Let me ask you this. Did your mom have a lot of influence in your music? Yes, my mother and my grandmother both had a lot of influence in my music. So I grew up in a very, very musical home. My grandmother was a part of a gospel quartet group growing up um, that was, her and her siblings, they were known by the name of the Philip Wonders. And they would tour and go on these um, events and shows with a lot of, uh, you know, artists that we know, Sam Cooke, a lot of people, Lou Rawls, people from, you know, back then, they would kind of tour and travel with them and sing with them. And so my mom, as she be, as she got older, um, she, my grandmother obviously, you know, took that musical influence and, and pushed it onto my mom who was a great, she's a great singer, and she's also an, uh, an amazing songwriter. And so growing up, me and my sister, I have an older sister, it would just be the two of us in the house, and my mom would be up in the bathroom, and she would be locked in the bathroom. She would be singing for hours and hours and hours. And for so long, we would be like, oh, my God, Mom, we can't hear the TV, or we would complain about it. But she would, every so often, she would call us up there, and she would say, okay, I'm going to teach you guys how to sing in harmony. And she would teach us our notes, and she would say, you stay there, you stay there, and we're going to sing this. And she would um, have us learn these songs and sing background vocals for these songs that she eventually ended up uh, using for our youth choir at our church. And so with her songwriting abilities and a couple of my other family's musical abilities and production abilities, we were able to record an album. Our youth choir was able to record an album when I was like nine years old. So I've been around music and, and musicians and uh, been recording my first studio album when I was nine. Um, and even my dad and my dad's side of the family, they have musicians and my dad plays the drums and he's into, he still does sound and engineering for music artists. And so it's, music is a really big part of our family. You have several other areas that you are involved very much in. One, of course, is your worship leading. Now, you do quite a bit of that, don't you? Yes. So I've always been involved in church. Um, I was raised in the church. And, you know, as an adult, it took me finding Christ for myself to really 
you know, choose my own path. And um, I don't really like to say I'm religious, you know, because some people get offended by that. But I do, I'm a strong believer, a very strong believer in God, and I'm a woman of faith. And so um, my family church, I attend every Sunday. And last fall, my pastor came to me and she said, hey, you know, you're already here. You're here every Sunday. You're already part of the choir we would like for you to do some do do your Taria J. Bree thing. Get up and do your thing. And I'm like, what is she talking about? And she just said, you know, do that thing do that thing you do. And I'm like, okay, sure. So she said, you know, I just want you to get up every Sunday and share a little bit with us. And so it just kind of turned into um, Sunday morning praise and worship. I'm there early every Sunday and just kind of ushering in the Holy Spirit as people are walking through the door and. Um, it's it's been really fun for me, and it's something that I really value because I've never really had an opportunity to sh- really showcase my abilities um, in my church before. And so when this opportunity came, I was I was really excited about it. It's not just about um, sharing, you know, my vocal ability, but it's about also you know giving my gifts back to God because that's that's where it originally came from it it couldn't have been anything but God so i'm really excited to be there every sunday and to to just be able to pour it all out and praise God Taria i want to uh ask you a question about exactly what you're talking about and um you know the the pastor comes to you and says well you know we want you to do your thing uh, mm-hmm. I think to both David and I, it's pretty obvious what the thing is based on what I just <laughs> heard. Uh, would you take an Aretha Franklin type of lead with the choir, or would you be conducting? Would you be taking a lead as uh, you know in harmony? How, how did you construct this? So, as a youth, my mom, it was it was really hard for my mom to get me to sing in front of people because I was always so nervous, you know, and I, my big sister, she's, she's always been kind of the lead vocalist, and I would always, you know, do the background harmonies and stuff like that. So, growing up, I got, I got really used to doing that, like being a part of the group, being a part of the choir, and um, I would say what really brought me out as a solo artist is my mom... Um, so this was like maybe, oh, this was a years ago. I want to say maybe like 10 to 12 years ago. My mom had a, a gospel group that we would travel the state of Iowa and perform at different churches and stuff. And she said, I really, really need your voice. I really need you to come sing with me. You know, if I can't depend on anybody else, I can always depend on my daughters to come and sing with me. And so my sister was already singing with the group, and my mom kind of reeled me in. And so I joined the group. And then every so often she would be like, I need you to sing this song. I need you to lead this song. I need you to do this. From there, I started doing a lot more leading. I love being in the background. I'm I'm not even going to lie. I love being in the background. I love harmonies. I love being able to observe and just take in some, you know, how you, when you're in the choir, you can take it in a little bit more. And I just love being in the background, just observing and just, you know, feeling every word and every emotion. And so when she asked me to start singing leads on some songs, I was like, okay, Mom, you know, I'll do it for you, okay. And then it turned from one song to a couple songs to more than a couple songs. And we would we would get up and do our thing in church. And people were like, okay, well, I need you to, can you get up and sing that one song? You know, the song you sang with the group, that song. And so then people were requesting for me to start singing more, and I was like, okay, you know, I'll do it. I'll be obedient. I'll do it. And then um, a few years into that, 
it, originally we met a producer in Chicago, and he was supposed to be producing music for the group. And I told my mom, and I said, Mom, I said, I've been writing some songs, and I really got some ideas of some music create. Do you think it would be okay for me, you know, because I didn't want to step on any toes or anything. And I said, do you think it would be okay for me to talk to him about, you know, possibly producing for me individually as a solo artist? And she said, yes, you know, that's what these opportunities are for, you know. It's for us to all, you know, go on our own personal journeys eventually if we all want to do so. And so she really encouraged that. And so when we met with our producer to record a song for the group, I just kind of pitched it to him and, you know, sang a couple verses of songs that I had ideas for. He was like, those are nice. I really like those. And from there, the relationship was forged, and he is the producer on all of that music that you hear on my first album. He's the producer of every last one of those songs. I do want to touch on another subject uh, that's mostly removed, although it has to do with your career, your upcoming trip to Holland for the Red Carpet Awards. Tell us about that. I am, uh, I've been signed with Phyllis at Salter Gang Universal Promotions and Management LLC for a little bit over a year now, and me and Phyllis have an ex- a great relationship. And so the Red Carpet Awards was one of the first awards that she introduced to me last year, and so I submitted just in, like, the nick of time. It was, like, one of those things where it was like, okay, we got to get this done if you want to be, you know, be considered as a nominee. So last year... It was introduced to me, um, and I was nominated for three awards. And then this year, Phyllis was like, okay, you know, let's let's get on the ball. Let's get these, you know, nominations in there or get these awards in there, and you got to get submitted for the Red Carpet Awards. And so I kind of dragged my feet a little bit, and I did the same thing this year, and I was like, okay, you know what, I'm just going to take a chance, and I'm going to submit to as many categories as I possibly can, any song I have, any cover I have. Because um, even though I record Christian gospel music, I performed R&B, I performed some country, I performed some jazz. I love music in general, so I'm not, I don't discriminate against any genre. I just prefer to record my own personal gospel music and put that out there. And so when I was looking at the nomination list, I was going through the list and I saw these, my name pop up a couple of times. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, Christian Artist of the Year. Okay, cool. And then it popped up in a few <laughs> other places and then I was like, hold on. I got to go back and write this down. So I got out a piece of paper and I wrote, wrote them all down and it came down to, I believe it's 10. It might be more. I, I think I counted them correctly, but I was not nominated for a total of 10 awards. Phyllis was requested to be a representative for the United States um, because uh, they have uh, different translators that will be there. And then Phyllis will be the United States representative. And she kind of brought the idea to me, like, I wish I could find somebody to go with me, you know, and I was like, Phyllis, you know, I'll I'll go with you, you know, (laughs) so, yeah, so we decided to go together, and I'll be, we'll both be representing SGU, um, but I'll be representing as her artist, and um, so right now what we're doing is we're campaigning, and we're trying to raise money to help offset some of the costs that it takes to get to Holland because it is a pretty expensive trip. It's pricey. Um, but, yeah, mm-hmm. we're doing some fundraising, and I know she's doing some promotion stuff with her, uh, with SGU Radio, where people can buy, like, radio packages and get get their stuff on the air, and um, they have, like, certain amounts that you can purchase for so many uh, rotations on her radio station. And then we're selling some T-shirts, and we're each doing some individual stuff in our hometowns to raise money and such. But yeah, it's it's going to be exciting. The awards are in August. 
And um, I'm really excited. I've never been to Holland. You know, I'm all about embracing different places and different cultures. So I'm really excited to just see the atmosphere and just to sure. get a taste of what it's like to be at this big event because it's actually a, it's, it's international. So there's artists yes, from all is. over the world who have been nominated. I mean, anywhere you can think of, there's nominees from that place. We're a little familiar with it because uh, several of the artists we've had on the show are uh, are nominated, have been nominated in the past. I know one that comes yes. to mind is uh, Michael at MTS, who also has several artists, and he's had a uh, an amazing string of successes over there too. So, yeah, this is really a big deal. It's an, an international awards program. I know a lot mm-hmm. of the listeners may not have heard of it because it doesn't get the press over here yet that some of the other award shows do. But I have a feeling that's going to be changing very soon because there are more and more American artists that are not only going there but being nominated and winning awards there. Before I let you go, I want to give you time to tell the folks how they can find you online. Most important, how they can get your music everywhere um, on all my social media platforms under the name Taria J. Bree. It's just capital T-A-R-I-A, capital J-A-Y-B-R-E. That is also where you can find my website. It's just www.tariajbree.com. Uh, you can find all of my merch, my music videos, my music there. You can look me up on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, um, Google Play, anywhere you stream your music, you can find me, once again, under the name Taria J. Bree. If you need to get in contact with me, you can always, like I said, visit my website, and you can shoot me a message. I'm taking bookings for 2023. And again, thank you for joining us here today. We look forward to having you come back and visit us in the future. Ladies and gentlemen, Taria J. Bree, and here she is with Praise the Name. <laughs>
That's who we're talking about. The Bible describes him as being the savior of the whole world. But I know him as the savior of my soul, my redeemer who lives. Okay, everybody can participate in this part because the Bible tells us let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So what am I saying? If you got breath in your body, get up and praise God with us. Come on.
Sandy Haley, run for shelter. Sandy, come on in here and say hello to everybody, please. Hi. Nice to Hi. meet you all. I I just heard a little bit of run for shelter while I was, while I was on hold. Just Thank a you little so bit. Much for the spin. Only, <laughs> only between the beginning and the end of it. That's all we played was somewhere yes. between the beginning and end. So. <laughs> thank you for sharing the music, and thank you more for coming and joining us today. Welcome aboard, and uh, for the benefit of uh, our listeners who might not be familiar with you, tell us a little bit about your background, where you came from, and how you got to be who you are today. Oh, sure. Yeah, well, I've been playing keyboards all my life and singing and writing songs, but I really um, got very serious in the last couple of years and started recording more and put together my first debut album. So it was a CD okay. called Feels Like Freedom. And um, I just took the best of my personal experiences, written out as therapy for me, and then put it out for other people. Um, I've been playing the songs live for about some of the songs uh, as long as six years with my band. So I have a band that plays 
um, in Los Angeles and surrounding areas, and then um, recording them and then put them out in 2022 on a CD. So it's exciting time for me, and I'm really excited to talk to you and, and the people that listen to your show. Well, thank you. It's exciting for us to have you here, and I'm sorry that I'm not still in Los Angeles. I spent several years out in uh, Southern California, uh, but that was long ago in a galaxy far away. I haven't been back there in a little while, but uh, it's still a vibrant music market, and you're an excellent representative of it. I know one of the things that I read about you was that you favor the traditional blues. Yes, I have a kind of um, a blend of traditional blues, there's nothing like I like better than a, a great slow blues and a, and a shuffle. And then I, I branched out a little bit with the single that, that I wrote called Love Me Right or Cut Me Loose. Um, that mm-hmm. one has, has gotten over 100,000 hits on YouTube. And it's, and it's really gotten, I've gotten so much feedback about how it touches people's lives. So they write me, I'm, I'm just kind of amazed that that song is just, reaching so many people it's a it's a private story and but it was also written with many of my friends in mind we sat down it was a girl's day we had brunch and we were always talking about our relationships and then um they said you know we really need somebody if, if they don't want to love us right just cut us loose and that's how the song kind of began right. from, from that that one is more of a blend of um it's kind of got a a jazzy feel to it because it's it's definitely blues, but it's got some jazz. I had the, a trombone solo in the mm. middle. All right. <laughs> Nothing wrong with I that. Work with, I work with Tony Bronigal. He's my producer. And right. he said, we should put a guitar solo in there. I said, no, there's just too many guitar solos. I, when I wrote this, I really felt like a dirty trombone, you know, just <laughs> like growling yeah. trombone. So when you listen to that, you'll hear that growling trombone in the middle, and it kind of just it captures the essence of what that moment. Right. So and that's that's such a big part of the blues. For our listeners, you don't have to worry or start looking it up online because right after we talk with Sandy, we're going to play that track for you. So stand by, you're going to hear that in just a couple of minutes. And I I, I love a comment that I saw attributed to you. You said something to the effect of, I think the blues is in the heart and soul, so I don't fear the evolution of the genre as long as everybody keeps it real. I think you're absolutely right there. The blues is the heart and soul. And uh, something we had, uh, we had a blues artist on last week, Fred Hostetler, and uh, we said something along the same line, which equated to the fact that, uh, you know, if you don't have soul, you can't know the blues. Mm, yes. Well, I was raised John in Bunch Detroit, of... where you have to have soul. <laughs> yeah, I've heard a rumor. I never got to spend any time there. I was there once for about a half an hour between flights to and from another place, so I don't know much about Detroit. But John Bon Jovial, you're our world traveler. Come on in here and get in the conversation. Well, <laughs> yes, sir. First, <laughs> first and foremost, Sandy, thank you for being with us. Welcome to the show. It, uh, I, I absolutely love what you are doing. I never get to hear the music before we put it on our air, and that's basically so we can have a like a gut visceral reaction. And mm-hmm. I am absolutely in love with Run for Shelter. I, it, it reminds <laughs> me 
so much is two bands that uh, that immediately uh, stirred up some memories. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they're also from Southern California. Um, and one of them was uh, uh, was uh, Genya Raven and Ten Wheel Drive, uh, and the other one was Lydia Pence and Cold Blood. Uh, both very bluesy, both big on horns, on brass, and and but with these this brash, ballsy voice like you've got, and it just it's like wow, nobody does this anymore, and. I'm just so glad to hear that you're doing this, and I really, truly hope this is representative of what you do. Because uh, if if it is, then you you got a you got a fan here. Well, thank you. It's so nice to meet you. Thanks for the kind words. I um, it's funny that you say uh, Lydia Pence and Cold Blood because you're not the first person to to mention that to me. I've never actually seen her, um, but um, a keyboardist that I've worked with briefly, his name is Gary Swan. He worked with her before and he said you remind oh, me of really? her the kind of powerful voice so oh yeah i know that's yeah. a compliment because gary very much admired her uh, skills as well um well i think i think the powerhouse comes because i'm only five foot one so i feel like i have to be heard you know my whole life raised with all brothers and uh i don't know it just kind of gave me uh you know when i sing it comes from like my toes and it comes all the way out and um, through the heart, soul, and then out comes the voice. So that's just how I've always sang. And in Detroit, I, I learned to sing in, in gospel choirs and, you know, they don't hold anything back, right? It's um, it's all spirit and um, and when you sing, it's it's because it's real to you and there's conviction and there's um, there's something that's exciting you and that's you know, when I have a story to tell, like Run for Shelter, I think I just really let go on that song. I just, I let it happen in the studio. So many magical things happened while we're in the studio. Like the whole ending with the gospel ending and, you know, and we're singing it together, Love Will Find a Way. That wasn't in the original writing. That happened organically. Well, you know, you, you, you've got, yeah, you've got something there. And I was talking to our, our first guest about this. Uh, the the comparison, if you will, that I use is, uh, you know, back in the the early 70s uh, when I was going to college and uh, in uh, Tampa, and uh, a friend of mine and I we would go to these uh, black tent revivals out in uh, you know rural Pasco County and mm-hmm. just music that would knock your socks off, just powerful, uh, you know, incredible spiritual music that mm-hmm. uh, that that really got you feeling good and right. that's what i like that's what i like about this well thank yeah, you I, i'm glad you can you can see you can see my roots coming through right um Absolutely. it's just natural for me the way to sing like that when when it's good it's good and when you're in the studio and you feel it um that's why we we extended the song a little bit this and we just started singing the harmonies, Love Will Find a Way, because that's really the true message of the song. I call it Run for Shelter because that's what the woman said to me when I found her in front of Target with no clothes on, mm. wrapped in only a blanket, not no shoes, nothing on. And I went in oh, and gosh. bought her some clothes, brought it out to her. And, when she, and I said, what happened? And she said, I just had to run for shelter. 
and I just stuck in my mind. I'm like, oh, I just can't let this go without telling her story. And um, so the funny thing is, is when I pulled away in my car, I could see her in the rear view mirror. And she was dressed just like anybody else, walking down the street just like anybody else. And if you hadn't been there, you know, 10 minutes ago, you would never know that she had been through that kind of trauma. And so that's always is in my mind, you know. When And so when I wrote this song, it was, I thought, you know, I'm sending these vibes out to her. You know, love will find a way. Love will find a way. So I was lucky it's... enough to meet her one more time. Oh, so really? I went back. To, I used to go back to that target. I don't know. She was always on my mind. It was such a, a crazy happening that we would meet at that moment. There were people walking past her. You know, when she's laying on the ground with just a blanket on, just people mm-hmm. just going into Target, not even looking. But we connected, you know. And um, so I went back one more time, probably about two months later, and I saw her and I talked to her and I ended up giving her some money and, and buying some food for her. And just talk to her a little bit, and that's kind of how our, you know, I got the rest of her story. But yeah, I, you know, I just kind of honor her with that. Everybody can do just a teeny bit. You know, this wasn't a lot. Right. This was just a little bit. You know, yoga pants, shirt. You know. Yeah, I was going to ask it's you. Not... I was going to ask you if you had ever seen her again. But yes, you answered that question, and you're right. Uh, a lot of music, especially the blues, comes from the heart, and as we have spoken when I was talking to Fred last week that true blues is going to reach into you and you know, it's just going to pull at your heart, if not pull it right out of you. And this song does that. It's, it's got the emotion. It's, you feel it and it comes, as you just so well put, it comes from an actual situation, real life. It's not a made up circumstance. It's something that you actually went through. And I know from what I've read about you, but you've had a couple of big memorable moments yourself. What was the first big memorable highlight of your career? I guess the the, the highlight of my career is when it uh, started out that my friend Sean Murphy was singing with a band called The Rockets. You might know Sean. She sang with um, Bob Seger hit almost mm-hmm. his entire career. And she's a fantastic blues singer. I call her the voice. She's She's incredible. And so we've been friends since since Detroit. And then when she moved to L.A., um, I came out to um, see her. And one of the one of the opportunities I got, she was she was touring with this band called The Rockets, and one of the singers couldn't make it. And she said, you know, I want you to sing with us. And so it was it was already kind of the, the chemistry was there. And so we sang back up together. Went on tour, we opened for the Beach Boys, for Joe Walsh, um, Kenny Loggins, you know, all over the country. It was the time of my life because I'd never toured and done that. And, um, you know, so she kind of gave me my first my first big break. At the time, I was playing in a duo, playing piano with, you know, with a guitar player. And to just go out and, and do the big stage was really something. When we opened up for Sammy Hagar, um, John, I was the first one to go on stage, but they they saw the lights coming on. So um, I got to the front of the stage, and then people started screaming. And there were 30,000 people there, froze. I'd rehearsed the songs in four days, but I had no right. idea that the crowd was going to, it would be so loud. Well, one, one of the people, I think the guitar tech would have, and then they, they started screaming. And then when I hit the stage, it was like, ah! 
and, and I just stopped. And they, they go, go on, Sandy, go on. And the, and the roadies are, like, pushing me, go on. That was how rookie I was, you know. I, I didn't relate, play on the crowd. I can relate <laughs> to that. Being in radio, I was always the voice. Nobody really ever got to see you. And I remember when I went to Florida, I was working at Country Station in Tampa, and I got to do a show at Disney World. I was going to go out and introduce Charlie Rich, who was really, really oh, big at yeah, that time. Oh, yeah, the country star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was really thrilled about it. Everybody told me that, you know, he's a real nice guy. You'll like him, enjoy it. Just go and have fun. And I got out there, and I walked out of the Magic Castle onto the, the uh, well, actually, it's the top of the staircase, if you've been there. And I walked out there, and I just looked straight ahead. And all the way down Main Street, all the way to the entrance was solid people. I have no idea how many oh. were there, but it was just a solid wall of people all the way back there. Largest crowd I had ever stood before in my life. And uh, like you, I was kind of dumbfounded. I I hesitated for a long moment there. And, uh, before we let you go and run out of time, I want to give you a chance to tell the folks how to find you, find you online, and most importantly, to be able to get your music. Oh, well, thanks. Um, yeah, they can write to me directly at sandyhaleyband at gmail.com, S-A-N-D-Y-H-A-L-E-Y-B-A-N-D. And then my website is sandyhaleymusic.com. So that has all the concert dates. We'll be playing in um, Lake Havasu uh, March 25th for Woody Stock. So that'll be fun. It's uh-huh. all blues. It's going to be a big right. blues day there. And then um, I'll be playing at a few more places like Liberty Bowl in Ojai, California for um, a blues concert that they're having there in May. So all of that will be on the website. Um, Fantastic. And, and I'm on Facebook you... and Instagram too. <laughs> Great. And I was going to mention our Facebook, we have a groups page, the David Bowers Awards groups page, which is kind of our landing site for our guests. You can go there, post your tours, play dates, music, whatever you want to share with the listeners, and we will pick it up from there and spread it around to the other places where we post and perhaps share it to some more listeners for you. Oh, that's great. And we wish you all the very best. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Nice to meet you, and and I will uh, definitely stay in contact. Ladies and gentlemen, Sandy Haley, and here's the tune we told you about, she told you about, Love Me Right or Cut Me Loose.
love me right or cut me loose. Sandy Haley, the lady knows how to work the blues, does she not, John Bon Jovial? Now, I know what it means to have a dirty trombone. Now, that is just <laughs> awesome. That was Great. that's. I like her. I enjoyed that interview. I, I, I love the music. And uh, look, I admit my own bias. I that is. I favor the blues and 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 the and the brass sound. I mean, that's. I, I can live on that stuff day and night. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I agree, and I agree with her on the idea of using a trombone instead of a guitar. I'm nothing against guitar players. I hear some great guitar music, and I love a good guitar. But that trombone really did it for that song. Absolutely it did. Yeah, I mean, it's and, just, that, it, it just a brash, garish sound to it that really, really works. Absolutely. And that song also did it to us because... It's time for you to take us home, John Bon Jovial. Sir, yes, sir. Folks, you have done it again. I can't believe it. You've spent another perfectly good hour with us here at the David Bowers Awards, and we really are grateful for your presence each and every week. The David Bowers Awards is broadcast around the world from the studios of Computer Help USA in Naples, Florida, and, of course, from the Valley of the Sun in Tempe, Arizona. And we are available free on most of the major streaming services. Be sure to join us next week for the David Bowers Awards Saturday on WRFZ-FM Rochester Free Radio. And that's going to be at noon Eastern on Saturday. And Blog Talk Radio Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific and 7 p.m. UTC. So until next week, for the David Bowers and, of course, myself, the legendary John Bon Jovial, it's been a pleasure serving you today, and we'll see you next week right here on the David Bowers Awards.